Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, with us from the Weekly Standard and Bill Crystal, who, like all great journalists, is already looking ahead to the next story. He's in New York, where the next primary will be. But, Bill, the big news, obviously, is uh, Ted Cruz comes through. He's uh, he's won Wisconsin, and it looks like, if the pattern holds, he's going to win by around 10 points. Yeah, it looks like double digits. It looks like he'd win, he'll win all the delegates, but maybe three or six. Maybe all. It's a little hard to tell what's going to happen up in northwest Wisconsin. Um, yeah, big victory for Cruz. This was a must-win, obviously, for the anti-Trump forces and a must-win for Ted Cruz. And, and once you give Cruz credit, I mean, a lot of us have been uh, talking about being anti-Trump, never Trump. But Ted Cruz himself, and this is Wisconsin, not a natural state for Cruz. Some of the people have been saying, oh, well, of course, Cruz was probably going to win Wisconsin. It's like, really? I mean, it's not a southern state. It's not an evangelical state. Mitt Romney won it in 2012 by seven points over Santorum. And there's Ted Cruz getting, it looks like, what, 47, 48% of the vote in Wisconsin. If he, he's, this is, I don't think it's out of the question that this shows he has an ability to reach voters, some of whom were voting for him just because he's the alternative to Donald Trump. But still, he has an ability to reach voters you wouldn't have thought he could have a month or two ago. I also want to uh, think about where we actually are, you know, because the polls were showing that Ted Cruz had a lead. This isn't a particular surprise. But I think back Bill, do you remember us talking after John Kasich won Ohio? More importantly, Donald Trump didn't win Ohio. And it was like, oh, okay, this was like the last life raft for the uh, uh, Never Trump movement. And now I feel like we've climbed out of the life raft. We might be in, in, in an actual boat. Maybe we have some oars now. And you look at the trajectory from here. Uh, the conventional wisdom is there will now not be 1,237 delegates for anyone which is the best possible outcome we could have dreamed of the night that Ohio was voting. Right, and I, but that night, as you recall, and Cruz felt just short in Missouri, so it turned out to be very, very important, obviously, that Kasich stopped Trump in Ohio, but otherwise a decent night for Trump, and, and the, and the you know, conventional wisdom a few days later was you know, stopping Trump is pretty, it could be close to impossible. Right. Um, look, it's going to be difficult, uh, John McCormick, and we've all worked out, tried to figure out debate depending on how the votes go where the delegates go it looks to me like trump is probably going to be short the question is just how short is he going to be you know 20 or 30 delegates short in which case it would be hard to stop him uh if you sort of just take the current polling and plug it into the states that still have to vote and you ignore some compl- complications having to do with you know the distribution of the votes by congressional district etc you get to trump to be about 30 votes short but so I think it's very important if you believe, uh, well, whatever you believe, it's important analytically whether Trump fades some from his current poll numbers or whether he sustains them, whether Wisconsin just happened to be a kind of good state for Cruz and, you know, Trump wins New York by 30 points and all that. I've seen, I saw one private poll of New York, done obviously before Wisconsin, um, which had Trump at 47, a little below the 52, 55 he's been at in most of the public polling. Still a good lead of, over both uh, Kasich, Cruz and Kasich, but if 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 Trump is below 50 in most of the congressional districts and statewide, he gets the plurality of the delegates, the majority of the delegates, but he doesn't get all of them either by CD or statewide. It's one of those 50 percent, you know, thresholds. You get all of them. It makes a pretty big difference if Cruz wins New York, you know, 60 to 30 to five or something like that. I think there are 95 delegates in New York, or if he wins it, you know, 87 to 8 to 0, right? So I think New York becomes uh, more of a fight than people anticipate. People are too quick to give Trump New York. Uh, It's not obvious to me that there aren't parts of New York that will resist Trump, at least enough to uh, split the, you know, make the CDs 
competitive and, and allow Cruz or conceivably Kasich to win one uh, delegate in, in congressional districts where, where Trump wins two. So I think New York, I mean, this is a real race. You know, every state matters. I'm very amused watching things. I'm sure you are too, Michael. You read Twitter, you read the blogs, and, you know, people are expectations game and all. We're right. way beyond that. We are now in the real race where real results matter, real delegates, real votes. And, uh, and this is a real, a real race and an unpredictable one. Uh, I actually heard somebody say today, could Kasich have the kind of performance to relaunch his campaign? And I'm no, he can't. I don't, who is even asking that question? But, but that you, is striking, you know. I mean, it wasn't crazy three weeks ago. People had, I'd say, two views uh, about like three weeks ago, which was sort of the height of Trump inevitability, um, uh, the, view, the height of the view of Trump inevitability. One was, if Kasich stays in the race, Cruz can't beat Trump in Wisconsin. That turned out not to be true. And secondly, you know, maybe Kasich would actually be stronger than Cruz in Wisconsin, or at least that he'll win a couple of CDs or, you know, the ones around Milwaukee right. and stuff. I do think one of the other stories of tonight is that the apparent collapse of Kasich. And I do wonder, it's not like, again, Wisconsin is a state where you would have thought ahead of time a governor of Ohio, a Midwestern guy, sure. you know, could, could have resonated. And the fact that Cruz so clobbered Kasich here and is now so, I think, you know, somewhat the alternative to Trump, I wonder if that has implications in New York and then the next Tuesday in states like Maryland and Delaware and, uh, and Pennsylvania. So I think Adam Kasich's not going to get out and he'll continue to contest. And there may be individual CDs in New York where he'll even do decently. But it does feel to me more and more that it's getting to be really the, the one-on-one race that it's, it's looked like it wanted to be for a while, but it hasn't hadn't quite got there. Bill Crystal, I can't believe that you of all people would have already forgotten uh, John Kasich's role model, Warren G. Harding. He only had 65 and a half delegates when the convention began in his home state. And by the time it was over, took, uh, you know, 10 ballots, but he was the uh, nominee. Well, I mean, Kasich will, I guess he'll stay in and he'll fight and he might do decently in parts of New York if he can target them. Maybe Cruz will step aside a tad. But I think in a way that dynamic seemed more likely a few weeks ago, don't you think? I mean, I just right. think... Cruz is going to look, and I just think if you're kind of an uncertain voter in New York, you're going to think, you know what, it looks like Cruz is the alternative. And I think Cruz really needs to, I think he's coming to New York tomorrow. I think he really needs to reach out and to be a, a, a try to ha- broaden his base. And right. he says he wants to do that. And I think he's done some things that have been pretty effective in, in at least fairly effective in doing it. But I just think in terms of tone and, 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 and uh, manner, the humanizing of him, if you can put it that way, there's a lot he could do to, to allow New York Republicans, a lot of whom are going to be kind of moderate and not agreeing with Cruz on every issue, right. but also Republicans then the next week in states like uh, Maryland and Pennsylvania and, and Connecticut, you know, to say, you know what, I think Cruz is, I don't agree with him on everything, would have been my first choice, but he's respectable in a way Trump isn't. So I really hope the Cruz campaign, and Cruz personally has the kind of discipline and, and imagination, too, to, to uh, to kind of, even though he's doing pretty well, and there's a tendency when you're doing well in politics, as in life, right, to kind of keep doing what you're doing, he's got to actually uh, make a bit of a pivot here, I think, right. to really sweep up all the anti-Trump voters. What do you think the uh, standing is of Donald Trump right now? People have been talking about the bad two weeks he's been having. Uh, Tucker Carlson uh, mentioned on Fox that it was the two we- worst two weeks he can remember any candidate having. And yet our friend and uh, Broadmoor colleague, Charles Krauthammer, says, yeah, the two weeks he had were terrible. And he still seems to have upper 30s 
for uh, in support that there's this, this hardcore 30 something percent of Republicans who truly are the he can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. Is Donald Trump going to be that candidate for the rest of the campaign that is simply the candidate of that core group, not even thinking about growing it, just taking the organic votes he has and then showing up in uh, Cleveland and trying to muscle his way to the uh, nomination? Is he going to continue to have terrible weeks and simply say it doesn't matter? It's just I just got to keep my base whipped up. And if he does, doesn't that leave him diminished when July finally rolls around and it's time to pick a nominee? Yeah, I don't quite buy this sort of terrible week thing. I mean, I think they were pretty terrible, but they weren't that much more terrible than a million other weeks he's had <laughs> where he's contradicted himself, said things that were you know crazy and offensive and stuff. And at one point, it just seemed like he could do those things and get away with it. I think there is kind of an accumulation, you know, and, and so many people have been burned, and God knows I'm one of them, saying, you know, gee, I think this could really be the moment where right. the, balloon, the air starts to go out of the Trump balloon. And no one wants to say it anymore, but I actually do think the air never is, went out or is going to go out of the balloon. The whole metaphor of it's going to pop, he's going to fizzle, it's going to kind of go away, that was a very misleading one. That's not the way it's worked, at least in this campaign. That's happened with other candidates, the right. Herman Keynes of the world, the Ben Carsons of the world. Trump turned out to have a much tougher base of support. Still, one just does feel that it's, it's gradually eroding as one, you know, one reflection of his character emerges after another. I don't think it's like he's making particular mistakes. He's just being Trump. He doesn't really know how to be anything but Trump. The idea that he's going to give some policy speeches and people are now going to say, oh, he's a serious guy, I don't right. think that. I mean, he's pretty well. So I actually do think there's a bit of a, a cap, and it's just a question now of, of how high that is, how much Trump, how much Cruz can peel off some Trump voters. I would say, though, this sort of gets the question of Cruz's tactics. He's been very concerned to try to you know, win over some Trump voters and weak Trump supporters, right. which makes sense, obviously. And therefore, he's concerned. I'm anti-establishment. I'm almost as hated in Washington as Donald Trump. I'm more hated in Washington than Donald Trump, et cetera. That happens to be probably true. But still, um, in a way, though, I don't think – I think some of the Trump voters – the Trump voters who are left are mostly going to stay with Trump. What Cruz has to do is motivate everyone who doesn't want Trump to come out to vote and to come out to vote for him. So that's why I think in a funny way, he probably should try to be thinking about – the Kasich voters, the right. sort of people who would have been Rubio or even Jeb Bush voters and all those people, he needs them not to stay home. He needs them to see the difference between Trump and Cruz. I don't think that's an ideological difference. Obviously, Cruz is as conservative, more conservative, much more conservative than Trump in any serious way. But I do think sort of a, I want to be the leader of the whole Republican Party. I respect, I, I think I'm much, I'm going to run a very different campaign than Mitt Romney and John McCain and those guys. But you know what, if you voted for them and Obviously, 95% of Republicans did. Even if you voted for them in the primaries, a lot of Republicans did. You know what? I'm a, I will listen to you. You'll be part of my coalition. I think he's kind of got to convey that. And then the second thing is I think he's got to – there's a lot he could do to humanize himself. You know, in private, he's a funny guy. He, he's a good mimic. Heidi's a lovely person so far as I can tell. I think just a little looser, uh, you know, lighter touch on the campaign trail could really pay off in the Northeast. One last question in the form of a prediction. I predict that this is Trump's Waterloo. This is the end. Actually, this is more like Trump's march to Moscow, maybe. Uh, he is not going to be the nominee because of Wisconsin, because the gap he's now going to need more than, Bill, more than 70% of the remaining delegates to get 1231. And that's just not going to happen. And so he's going to show up at the convention without 1231. And if he shows up with 1230 and a half, he will not be the nominee. 
because the combination of the horrifying polls that the Republicans will be staring at and uh, his uh, inability to show that you can count on him, uh, if the the delegates don't have to make him the nominee, they won't. So that's my bold prediction. It exists here on the podcast, so you can mock me with it endlessly (laughs) starting in July. But that's that's what I think happened in Wisconsin tonight. And I think that's a great note to end on. And I would say, from your lips, as we said, as my grandmother used to say, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> Quite likely the case. And I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to to praising you and to praising your prescience and your and your prophetic powers. You know, two or three months from now, when we're together at uh, in Cleveland, or where we're doing podcasts every two hours from Cleveland. <laughs> I'll just say Michael Graham said it. He said it on, what is today, April 5th, uh, uh, the night of New Wisconsin. The polls had only been closed 45 minutes, and Michael Graham saw the future. Oh, this is, I'm never going to live, I can already tell I'm never going to live this down, but I stand by it. I do. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.